Praise the Lord. Well, um, we have been looking to the Word of God to build our faith and to inspire us uh, to seek His face. And uh, this morning we're going to begin to, um, as I promised, examine the role of God's Spirit in regards to the topic of prayer. And uh, we will hopefully stay on this for a while, and I believe that God wants to provoke us to uh, to really believe Him for the Spirit individually and corporately. You can turn to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. Now we know that the Gospel without the Holy Ghost is vain and futile. In fact, the empowering of God's Spirit is vital in fulfilling any and all things spiritual. I want you to just think about it for a moment here that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, was even crucial to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in the atonement. And as Jesus did not begin His atoning work on earth till He was anointed by the Holy Ghost, so the same Holy Spirit is necessary to carry forward and make effective the atoning work of the Son of God today. Did you hear me? Amen. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, when He walked in bodily form upon this earth, He waited until He was anointed of the Spirit to begin His atoning work. And the same Spirit of God that you and I must be full of is absolutely necessary to carry forward and make effective the atoning work of Jesus today. Amen. For all our knowing. And for all of our learning and for all of our orthodoxy and all of our talent, our greatest need is for the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to say amen. That's what we have need of. That is our greatest, most pressing need to be filled with the Spirit, to be anointed, amen, with the Holy Ghost from on high. Indeed, the Holy Ghost is not only the bright lamp of the Christian dispensation, its comforter, teacher, and guide, but likewise, He is its divine helper as well. Amen? And listen to me, saying of God, uh, if we don't have help, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Amen? If we don't have divine intervention in our life, then we are in a great strait. Amen? Because we cannot produce what God has called us to produce apart from God himself. We cannot manufacture this in our own strength. He is the Spirit of God, the enabling agent in God's new dispensation of doing. In the discharge of the atoning work of Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost is the one efficient agent absolute and indispensable. Amen. You can put everything else to the side, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost and you're not filled with the Spirit of God and you're not led by the Spirit of God, then very little will be accomplished. And we need to surrender to that biblical absolute. And thus, it's a well-established spiritual absolute. The gospel cannot be executed apart from the Holy Ghost. He and He only has the regal authority to do this royal and heavenly work. Intellect cannot execute it. Neither can learning, nor eloquence, nor truth, not even revealed truth alone can fulfill the gospel. Amen. And you know, as important as truth and doctrine is, and I'm not attacking that. Amen. You know, it's not uh, profitable. It's not uh, really uh, spirit-led to attack something that God institutes. Amen. So I'm not against orthodoxy. I'm not against the truth. And those things are are essential. Amen. But I'm only saying, and the Holy Ghost is only telling us and has been instructing us along these lines, that these things alone are not enough. We must be empowered with the Holy Ghost. There must be a heavenly burden. We must see as God sees. And we must have a desire to be filled with God's Spirit and led by His Spirit. The marvelous facts 
of Christ's life told by hearts unanointed by the Holy Ghost will be dry and sterile like a tall tale told by secondhand hearers. Biblical truth thundered by mere human passion is defiled, soulish, and ultimately powerless. Amen. Listen to me. The gospel is not something you just do on the weekend. Amen. The gospel is something that you live moment by moment. And when you declare the word of God, it's more than just something you have in your intellect. It's more than just some biblical information that you're regurgitating. Amen. It is life experience. You're a vessel. Amen. And you must be emptied of self and filled with the Holy Ghost to accurately represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Before the day of Pentecost, the disciples dared not leave the upper room into the streets of Jerusalem till the Spirit fell in baptism power. Think about it. The apostles who physically walked with Jesus were not allowed to utter a word until they were cloaked with heavenly power. You know, I've heard it said, I don't know who said it, amen, I don't know the exact quote, but uh, in comparison to the early church, and what we see in this hour, someone said, amen, they prayed, amen, for 50 days to preach for 15 minutes. And we, amen, we, we pray, or partly they prayed for 50 days to preach 15 minutes. Amen. And we, amen, pray 15 minutes to preach for 50 days. That's the contrast. Amen. Listen to me. You cannot separate prayer from baptismal power, Holy Ghost power. Amen. They, they refuse to go into the streets. They refused, amen, to utter, amen, a word until they were filled with the Holy Ghost, even though they had walked with Jesus, amen, in the natural. Remember Jesus, amen, the same Jesus who is our Lord had told them before, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now it's God the Father that baptized with the Holy Ghost. He's going to send the Spirit, amen, and He's going to endue us with power. But there's some conditions that we have to meet or we're not going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If they don't tarry in the city of Jerusalem until, I said if they don't tarry until they're filled, then they're not going to be filled, amen. And you and I, we must learn, amen, if we're not filled, amen, if the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is lacking in our life, both individually and corporately, then we must tarry until, until we're endued with power from on high. Indeed, Jesus assured them that they were witnesses. Amen. He told them there's much evangelistic work to be done. However, the first order of business was they must believe, pray, and expect an outpouring of God's Spirit. Amen. And this should be the constant posture of our heart. Amen. And I, and I can tell you there's a difference between you preaching and you preaching under the Holy Ghost. I said there's a difference between you living this life and you living this life under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If you don't know the distinction and you don't know the difference, amen, then you've never really been filled with the Holy Ghost. But there's a vast difference. Amen. It's a difference between night and day. It's the difference between time and eternity. It's the difference between God and man. Is a difference. And when we lack that difference and we discern, amen, that we're uh, merely in the natural, even though we may have good intentions, it's time to tarry until. Amen. By the Spirit of God, amen, they knew they would be divinely enabled and empowered to both live and declare the gospel. We're going to be reading this morning from Luke 11, verses 9 through 13. Luke 11, verses 9 through 13. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then being evil, 
know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? The Holy Ghost, a primary objective in prayer. The Holy Ghost, a primary objective in prayer. Father, I pray here today for your Spirit. And I do need you, Lord. And I do need the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Father. So I speak this word to your people, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would provoke us, Lord God, that there would be a thirst. There would be a hunger to be filled afresh with the Holy Ghost and fire. Oh, Lord, that we would not be satisfied with anything less than true New Testament Pentecost. Stir us here today, Lord God. Take a hold of our heart. Draw us unto yourself. I cry, Abba, Father, Lord, I intercede asking you, Lord, for your spirit and the working and the operation of the Holy Ghost through your word here today that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, if we pay close attention here to Jesus' words, amen, we see that they are pregnant with instruction regarding what we should be praying for when we pray. Amen. At the very least, amen, there should be a priority as we seek the Lord. You know, as we've mentioned, our ability to work for God, our ability to live for God and to affect others for God. How many of you want to be effectual in ministry? How many of you want to do something for Jesus? Amen. How many of you want to affect this generation for the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. All of that depends on the measure of God's Spirit that you and I possess. Do you believe that here this morning? Amen. We cannot, we cannot apart from the Holy Ghost. Remember Jesus declared, apart from me you can do nothing. Now, and I remember that uh, in this dispensation, no one knows Jesus after the flesh. Amen. No one knows him merely in the natural. But the measure of Christ that we possess is determined amen, by the measure of the Spirit that we have. So it's by the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit of God that we can do, that we can fulfill the will of God. But apart from him, we can do nothing. This being true, and we realizing and surrendering to this spiritual fact, we must seek God for his spirit. This is our greatest need. Amen. At all times, at any time, you you, you survey and analyze, look back, amen, in retrospect, and look over the course of your Christian life. Your greatest need, my greatest need, this church's greatest need, ever and always is the Spirit of Almighty God. We must see this. Amen. However, as Jesus indicated in our text, the coming or the uh, outpouring of God's Spirit is dependent upon our asking. And asking in faith. Now, you know, we don't really ask for something unless we really believe that we have need of something. You see, true spiritual prayer, amen, is wrought in birth out of faith in the Word of God. And when we believe the Word of God, the illumination and the divine light of His Word exposes what we are apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If we don't see ourselves as we really are under the light, amen, the scrutinizing, amen, uh, analysis of God's Spirit, then we're not going to ask for God's Spirit because we're going to assume by default we can do it all by ourselves. You see, when you ask out of a genuine need that's been provoked by the word of God, then faith is going to rise up. Amen. And ask and believe in prayer. I fear that too often we're not really seeing our need. Amen. And therefore we're not asking in faith. And you're not going to see your need. And I'm not going to see my need merely because I'm telling you or someone tells us we have a need. We've got to hear the Word of God. And we've got to take ourselves in hand before the presence of God and allow Him to open our eyes. 
You see, if we ignore this law of prayer in regards to the Holy Ghost, then we're going to be left without. There's no such thing as a prayerless man filled with the Holy Ghost. Did you hear me? I said there's no such thing as a prayerless man filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no such thing as a church, a prayerless church, a church that lacks fervency in prayer. There's no such thing as such a church being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a misappropriation of the term Pentecost to place Pentecost on the sign of a church, amen, that has long ago walked away from the altars. There is no such creature in the kingdom of God. If we ignore the law of prayer, if we do not ask, amen, it's not going to be given. If we do not seek, we're not going to find. If we do not knock, the door is not going to be open. And it's the one door that we must have open. To move forward. Sometimes we wonder why we've been standing in the same place. Amen. Why are we up against a roadblock? Amen. I'll tell you why. Had knocked on the door that you're looking you straight in the face. Had knocked on the door, amen, for it to be open, to take a step forward. Amen. It's the one door. Amen. We must be filled at all times with the Spirit of God. Even Christ Himself was subject to this law of prayer. Amen. Jesus lays down the doctrine that the infilling of God's Spirit is conditioned on prayer. Amen. And he himself illustrated this universal law. For when God's Spirit came upon him at his baptism, he was praying. Amen. You see, we must be aggressive in our prayer. We must be assertive. We must understand to be left empty, to be left apart, lacking in the Holy Ghost, is to be left without the empowerment and the ability to represent God. And oh, what a tragedy that is. You know, I, I remember hearing of Charles Finney. You've probably heard that. He would, uh, if he sensed a lack of the anointing or the divine authority to preach the gospel, he'd separate himself for a few days in prayer and fasting until, until he was conscious of God's authority upon. You see, you have to know the difference. You have to know the difference, amen, between speaking under the power of the Holy Ghost, amen, the, 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 the anointing of the Spirit of God. It enables you to do what you could not do, to, to be what you cannot be apart from the Spirit, to preach, to represent Christ, to declare the Word of God with authority and power, power that penetrates the heart of the human being and brings divine illumination and exposure. That cannot be apart from God's Spirit. But it's not something you can do as a mere pastime. Amen. You are required to seek God. And seeking God is going to require time from you. It's going to take time. Amen. It's not just the 15 minutes. You see, I'm, I'm speaking to people that uh, I assume have a ministry. Because if you're a Christian, you have a ministry. You have some ministry. And you cannot fulfill that ministry apart from the Holy Ghost. Just as I have to have the Spirit of God. I must be anointed by the Holy Ghost to fulfill the calling as a pastor and other callings as well. Amen. To simply be a Christian, you need the power of the Holy Ghost. But to be a mother, to homeschool, amen, to be a witness, you need the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not for a select few. It is for everyone who's a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is imperative. Likewise, the experience of the primitive church illustrates the same great truth. At Pentecost, the disciples were in the upper room where the Bible declares all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. This is when they were originally filled with the Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, these same believers under the threat of intense persecution, were gathered together and we read, amen, in Acts 4 and 31, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now I want you to notice, amen, that uh, both when they were originally filled and when they were refilled, they were praying, amen. Uh, they didn't just merely trust in their past uh, experience 
hands, amen, to bring them through the fresh challenges of daily following the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's true for you and I as well. I don't care that you were, or rather, should I say, thank God you were filled with the Holy Ghost 10 years ago. But being filled with the Holy Ghost 10 years ago is not going to help you overcome the challenges that you're going to face tomorrow. You're going to have to be filled afresh. And if you don't have a prayer meeting, and if you don't ask, and you don't seek, and you don't knock, amen, then you're not going to be filled. Amen. Listen to me. Prayer is essential. Such biblical accounts destroy every theory which denies prayer as the condition of the coming and the revisiting of the Holy Ghost. It confirms that God's great and most precious gifts are conditional on asking, seeking, knocking, on prayer. Fervent prayer, believing prayer, persistent prayer, standing on the Word of God, the promises of God's Word, what Jesus Christ has secured at the cross through His atoning, His finished work. Amen. To believe that, to stand, amen, to have a desire, to have a burden, to be what God has called you to be. Amen. For us to be what God has called us to be. And out of that burden, amen, a a compelling to cry out to God, fill me with thy spirit, for there is no other way that thy servant can do thy will. This must be, or we will definitely fail. Prayer can never be divorced from Pentecost. And Pentecost should never be seen apart from prayer. Amen. In fact, the very power of our praying is measured by the Spirit's power working in us as the will and the work of God. Amen. I want you to hear that. In fact, the very power of our praying is measured by the Spirit's power working in us as the will and the work of God. In Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul closes his appeal for this local church at Ephesus with these words, very familiar. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. The context is prayer. Amen. The context is prayer. Now unto him that is able. God is able. Amen. How many of you believe? He's able to do. Amen. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But listen closely here. According to the power that worketh in us. Notice the apostle. Measure the power of God to do for us in the context of prayer. Amen. By the power of God in us. And thus the power of our outward prayer is merely a reflection of the power of God that we've allowed by the grace of God for Him to establish in us. In other words, if if there's a feeble operation of God in us, it's going to bring forth feeble praying. It's going to bring forth the manifestation of weakness in prayer. On the contrary, a mighty operation of God within us brings mighty praying. It's that simple. It's that cut and dry. And if you've been on both sides of that equation, amen, you can readily say, amen, it's always that way. When the pattern is, it's difficult for words even to come out of your mouth. Amen. The reason is you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So the root of much of our problem is prayer is the lack or the want of the work of the Spirit of God in us. You've heard me say, I believe the great problem, uh, the two greatest problems in the church visible today is spurious spirituality, number one. In other words, people are really not right with God, but they think they are. Amen. They've either never been born again and they act like they're born again or suppose they're born again or they were born again and backslid and they just sit in church and go after reform. And number two, people need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We need to examine ourselves. Are we really right with God? Is Jesus really our all in all? Can we sing that song? Amen. You are my everything with a clean conscience. 
Amen. Are we applying the same standards of regeneration to ourselves that we're going to apply to Bill Meyer out here tonight? Amen. Are we born again? Are we, are we bearing fruit that is consistent? Amen. With the life and the nature and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And if that's so, then thank God. But then furthermore, Are we endued with power from on high? Are we conscious of divine authority to do the will of God? Is there there a burning passion within our spirit and our heart to do the will of God and to glorify? Or is it something that we just follow after? Merely in the strength of our knowing or our intellect. You see, listen to me. The ability of God to answer and to work through our prayer is measured by the divine energy that we allow God to work in us by His Spirit. And mister, that's not going to happen by accident. I said that's not going to happen by accident. Well, how does it happen? How, how has it come about? Seek and ye shall find. Amen. Knock and the door shall be opened. Amen. Ask and you will receive. Amen. You listen to me here tonight or this morning. If you would tell me, I don't know what to pray. Amen. I can pray for 10 minutes and then I'm not sure what to pray. Then I'm here to give you a definite answer. Hear the morning from God. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Make that your priority. And we get to the altar, and not just this morning, but get to the altar until you are filled with the Holy Ghost and fire afresh. Because that's the problem. I said that's the problem. You see, would we pray efficiently? Do we want to pray mightily than the Holy Ghost? must work in us efficiently and mightily. Amen. In his epistle to the Colossians, the Apostle Paul communicates this same principle in a personal application. He said, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Amen. This is not something you do just because you figure out how to do it. Amen. This is not something you do because you watch someone else and know that is the Christian way. This is something you do because you are enamored with Christ. This is something you and I do. Amen. In its purest sense, in its purest form. Amen. When love constrains us, when there is a burden, when we could not help but do. Amen. What God is working in us. This is the power of the Holy Ghost. And this is what we must have. All labor done for Christ, which does not spring from the Holy Ghost, working in us is basically ineffectual and vain. And ultimately, amen, it will misrepresent God. This is where you have and find where you'll come in contact with people that will say all the right thing. You can't find any fault with anything they do, but there's just something missing, something not right. Amen. It's still, listen to me, a Christianity void of God's spirit is a misrepresentation of Jesus Christ. And it should grieve us. Amen. This is not so much for you as brothers and sisters to so much look at our, he's not anointed. He's not filled. This is something that should be uh, applied to ourselves, and we should be grieved. We, listen to me. You should know whether you're filled or not. <clears throat> you should know that. And if you don't know, then it's probably because you've never really been filled. Amen. If I pour gasoline, all of you set you on fire. You're going to know what it's like to be on fire. You'll never forget that. Amen. You'll know the difference. I'm not on fire right now. I know what it'd be like to be on fire. Amen. It's that kind of contrast to be truly filled with the Spirit of God. Dear saint of God, would you pray with mighty results that I say seek the mighty workings of the Spirit of God in your own spirit. Amen. In other words, listen to me. The beginning prayer, the, the primary objective of prayer is for God himself. Amen. To pray for the Spirit of God. It's by the agency of the Spirit of God that we have fellowship with God. So we should first of all be, I need the Spirit of God. Amen. Do you desire a heavenly and effectual anointing? Amen. Well, brother, I'm not sure I want the anointing. Amen. 
you need to get born again. You need the anointing. You must have the anointing. You're called to preach. Amen. You can't preach without the anointing. You're called to ministry. There's no ministry apart from the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're called to uh, lead people in worship. You need the anointing of God's Spirit. And to approach those holy things. Listen. It's not just a matter of failure and success. But to approach the holy things of the temple of God. And not be anointed. And not be called. Can bring judgment. Amen. You need the anointing to be a good wife. You need the anointing to be a good husband. You need the anointing of the Holy Ghost, amen, to be a Christian parent, to homeschool. We could go on and on and on. So we must have a desire for a heavenly and effectual anointing. Amen. Do you want to grow in grace? Amen. Then I urge you to see your need to be filled afresh with the Spirit of God. This is applicable to everyone, for every day is a new day, and each of us must be filled afresh from day to day. You see, it's really quite simple. We therefore have not because we ask not. You see, Jesus makes it clear. If we rightly ask, we will rightly receive. If there's some lack in my relationship with Jesus, if there's some deficiency in regards to me being filled with the Holy Ghost, then it's clear I'm either in sin or I'm not asking in faith. Because Jesus said, everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone. Is there, are there any exceptions to that? No, no exceptions. Now, I know we know we can, we can uh, qualify this knowing that within the will of God, but how many believe it's the will of God for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Everyone that asks to be filled with the Holy Ghost that's truly born of God, then they're going to receive. So if you haven't received and you're not filled with the Spirit of God today, you have not because you ask not. You haven't found because you're not seeking. Amen. The door is in front of you because you refuse to knock. If we will ask for that one good thing, that ultimate gift, God will indeed hear our prayer. First John 5 and 15. And if we, if we, and if we know that He hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of him. And again, we all know it's the will of God that we be filled with his spirit. Jesus, through these verses here, is basically teaching us that just as we expect an earthly father to deal honestly and to deal justly with his son's reasonable request... We can expect God the Father, who is holy and just, to answer our heavenly inspired petitions. And I want you to notice here in Jesus' illustration, the Son is not asking extravagantly. He's not asking something extravagant. No, he's asking for the most basic and the most fundamental provision. He's asking for bread. He's asking for fish. And he's asking for an egg. Amen. He's asking what will meet the need of his hunger. Amen. And that would sufficiently meet the need of his hunger. And not just that. It would sufficiently meet the need of the hunger of others. Amen. And so it is. You see, the Holy Ghost is a very basic and fundamental thing. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and as, as glorious as it is, as lofty and transcendent as that holy truth is, it is a very basic, a very fundamental, a very first thing doctrine. Notice in the early church, before they went out, now first, be endued with power. Terry, be endued with power from on high. You see, the most basic, the most fundamental need is to be filled with the Spirit of God. In other words, if we will rightly see our need, if we will see our primary need and ask accordingly, then God will answer, and He will answer every time, every day, every time, every time, and we will simply believe Him. And ask in faith. 
And that leads me here to the next point. The Holy Ghost should be one of our primary objectives in prayer. And this is really this is very basic, very simple. But this is the central thought and what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us here this morning. Amen. Your, 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 your confusion, amen, is over with in regards to what do I pray for. Don't ever ask that question again, amen. Cause you can pray, you can center up around this, amen. And listen to me. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, then, and we're going to deal with that next week, Lord willing, amen, then you're going to have the helper. You don't know what you ought to pray for. I don't know what to pray. Join the crowd, amen. But what's the answer? Be filled with the helper who will help your infirmities in prayer that you will seek God he will fill you afresh with his spirit amen well I was filled last year I was filled last week amen you need to be filled today and you need to know you're filled and I believe many of us we've dealt with this before but I wonder if some of you waffle around or whether you're really filled with the Holy Ghost I believe people in here waffle around on what Pentecost is, even wondering if the baptism of the Holy Ghost is real. Amen. It doesn't make any sense not to embrace it wholeheartedly and not to walk in it. Amen. If you truly believe in it and truly believe that you must have it. Amen. I stand before you here this morning as your pastor, as a fully Pentecostal man. Amen. I believe. I'm not doubting the way. I said I'm not. I don't care what they do out there. I don't care what they say. I don't care what all the other schools of theology teach. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I believe that with every bit of my fiber. A man's not full of the Holy Ghost. He is not equipped to minister. Well, how do they do it? It should be a reproof to us. And mainly, listen to me, I say that. We need to apply that to our own life. Amen. How did John? Well, I I don't know. I don't have to answer that. How did John? I don't know. How Ian pays it? How do all these preachers that see? I don't know how they do. I just know what the Bible says, and I can't I can't formulate my theology based on other people's experience, but on the Word of God. I know one thing. I got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I cannot do what God's called me to do apart from, and I, listen to me, I've tried that out and it doesn't work. I said, I've tried it and I've seen what it is. I've experienced it. Amen. To try to do this, to preach, to minister without the authority of the Holy Ghost. And there's nothing more frustrating, nothing more futile, nothing more embarrassing and empty of life than trying to minister without the Spirit of God. We must have the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Here the whole lesson culminates by teaching us that asking for God's Spirit is paramount to scriptural praying. Amen. I want you to take a moment and I want you to just examine your prayer life and the things that you're praying. And, you know, I, I believe and I, I hope in the next uh, week or two or three, however long that we stay on this, that we're going to deal with a lot of practical issues along these lines. And we're going to talk about some of these things more specifically. But, you know, just examine what, what are you praying when you come in here for a prayer meeting, when you pull up in the morning at the early morning prayer, what exactly are you praying about? Are you praying for the Spirit of God? Are you by faith drawing nigh to God to be filled with His Spirit? Amen. Well, uh, Jesus is teaching us here that asking for, seeking, knocking, pressing in for the Holy Ghost is paramount to scriptural praying. In the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and then on through uh, the preceding chapters, we have the very plain and definite promise. Amen. This is just rendered a little bit different. If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, this is Matthew 7 and 11, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? 
In our text out of Luke, we have good things as defined as the Holy Ghost. Now, no doubt, all good is comprehended in the Holy Ghost. And He is the sum and the climax of all good things. So the truth is, we cannot pray for the Holy Ghost, or rather, if we cannot pray for the Holy Ghost, or we're not praying for the Holy Ghost, then we really can't pray for any good thing from God. For He is the sum of all good things to us. The truth is, we seek after the Spirit of God just as we would seek after God, just as we would seek after Jesus, for they, of course, are one. And our relationship and our intimacy is very much on the level with the Spirit of God. God is revealing Himself, amen, uh, through His Spirit and by His Spirit. There is no revelation of God apart from His Spirit. You say, well, I can read the Bible. Amen, without the Holy Ghost, you're not going to understand the Bible. Amen, you read the Word of God, the Scriptures are illuminated. The Holy Ghost is our teacher. So our relationship with God very much hinges upon the ministry of the Holy Ghost. So we're seeking when we're crying out, Oh God, fill me with your Spirit. Then we are crying out to know God, to walk with God. Those are all basically interchangeable prayers. And I believe the person that is in sincerity crying out to be filled with the Holy Ghost is the same person that wants to know, Amen, the Lord Jesus Christ above all things, that wants to please and to glorify God. And such prayers will likewise spill out of such a heart. Amen. You see, amen, we must be seeking God at all times. We must be taking our spiritual temperature. I remember as a young Christian, particularly going on the street, I was always taking my temperature. As I exercised what I knew God had called me to do. Now I want you to for a moment just to Think about what God has called you to do. What has God called you to do? Now, he's called most of you here to do many things. But there's one central thing that God, above all other things, that God has called you to do. Amen. Now, you think about that. And as you exercise and seek to fulfill what God has called you to do, think about, amen, if you're empowered by the Spirit of God. Amen. Think about do you have grace to rise above the opposition and you fulfilling what God has called you to do? Do you have the word of the Lord? Do you have the mind? I'm not talking about, amen, some truth that you intellectually, but you know what God thinks about it right now. You know what God's word that applies right now to what God has called you to do. Amen. You're walking hand in hand with Jesus in regards to what God has called you to do. And you have the spirit and you have the anointing and you you have the grace of God to overcome regardless of the situation. And if not, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you can go down this lane a hundred miles. You're not going to find an answer. You just get further away. And you go down this trail right here and try this shortcut, you can go down a thousand miles. You'll never find the answer. You can dig a hole right here and dig all the way through the earth. You're never going to find the treasure. You're going to have to knock on the door right in your face. Amen. It's the one primary objective in prayer. Amen. You must pray to be filled with the Holy Ghost. When I was a young believer, would go on the streets and preach. Amen. I, I can remember being so troubled whenever I didn't sin. And it, listen to me, it convicts me to think about it because I need to be that troubled right now. Amen. I need to be that troubled right now. And I admit and confess to you, I'm not as troubled as I used to be. But I could go on the street one night and I might have been overanalyzing. But if I didn't sense the power of a holy God in my person then I would separate myself and press in I knew I could not do this in and of myself and it wasn't an option I must do this I must woe be unto me if I preach not the gospel you see think about it just to ask for the Holy Ghost just to seek God for His Spirit. 
It's so simple. And yet how complex and confusing and anxious people often become in regards to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's so much worry, doubt, confusing, and fretting over am I even filled? Was I filled? Am I filled right now? How do I stay filled? Amen. You've got to get all these questions settled in your spirit. And maybe there's no one here that's worrying against that. I hope not. And men, if you have someone in your household that's supposed to be a Christian and they're supposed to be filled with the Holy Ghost and yet they question whether, you know, tongues, is all the, listen to me, they're not filled. You need to make sure that they are filled with the Spirit of God in the same way that you would judge them according to their salvation. Amen. You know, you can look out here so to see people. Just say, you, you can't worship God. You're not filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't pray for an hour. You're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Right? An hour of prayer. A young believer, amen. I understand people have to learn. They have to, but if you can't pray for an hour. When they couldn't pray for an hour, what was the problem? They weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. Had a 50-day prayer meeting right after that. Amen. When they really saw their need and pressed in. But notice how simple and direct Jesus' instruction regarding the Holy Ghost. Ask. You don't have to have it all figured out. Seek and you shall find. And the door will be opened. You don't have to understand it all. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to believe it. You need to know I have a need. I have a need to be filled with God's Spirit. I know that I have a need to be filled with the Spirit. And you can go right to the Word of God. And you can see the instructions of the Master Himself. Very plain, very direct. He's simply simply saying to you and I, you need to ask. You need to ask with urgency. You need to ask without fainting. You need to ask, seek, and knock until you be endued with power on high. And when he uses these three terms, amen, ask, seek, and knock, we have the repetition of the advancing steps of spiritual resolve, amen, the spiritual resolve that true faith demands. You really believe you need the Holy Ghost? You really believe that God will give you the Holy Ghost, amen, then you're going to ask, and you're going to keep asking. And the longer you ask, amen, that's going to constitute seeking, amen. And when you're up against opposition and doubt and unbelief tries to crowd in, you're going to knock, you're going to press in, you're going to resist the devil, and you're going to submit to God. And when you do, you're going to tarry until you be a dude with power from on high. Seek and ye shall find. Ask and you'll receive. Knock and the door is going to be open. Let's stand here this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't you lift your hands toward heaven? You have need of the Holy Ghost and fire. Hey, been coming these altars here this morning. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. And you shall receive. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Sometimes when you're up against the wall, up against roadblock, you think there's no way to get through it. But if you'll keep knocking, you'll find out it's a door. Amen. And it will open up. You'll just keep seeking God. Some of you may have been in the same spiritual place so long. You just think there's no other place than this. But there is. Amen. You just keep knocking. Keep believing. Pressing in. Amen. There's, there's more down the road, amen. There's something underneath. Hey, when you dig deeper, you're going to find greater treasure, amen. There's help in time of need. There, there's, a, there's a baptism of the Holy Ghost, a baptism of power, amen. So wonderful, so glorious, so enabling, so overshadowing. It's beyond your comprehension. And it's always there. You can always go further and further and further and further. And whatever the challenge is, whatever the need is, God's grace is always greater and sufficient. Amen. But we must seek so that we can find. We must ask that we can receive. And we must continue to knock for the door to be open. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Brother Leon, could you dismiss us with prayer? Amen. God bless you. Remember, 5 o'clock this evening, there at the River Center. Lord, when we will see you, you're dismissed.